What is going on, everybody? Randall Thor 19 here for a special weekend edition of the Xbox 2. I'm one of your co-hosts, and with me, the man of the hour, the one everybody here has tuned in to hear, <laughs> Jez Corden yeah, right. from Windows Central. What's going on, Jezzy? Hi, I'm pretty good. I'm roasting my balls off because it's really warm in the UK, at least warm for me. I don't like it. I don't like it, Rand. I don't like it when it's I don't warm. like it. I don't like being warm either. The, you know, it was funny because when I went to when we went to E3 when we first met, because me and Jez have actually met in real life. In real uh, life. In the reels, uh, I was it, it was lucky because LA can be hot, but man, it was nice, nice and cool uh, when yeah, I was in LA was, for a bit. It was surprise. Yeah, it was overcast, wasn't it? I remember. Yes. In fact, I remember when I first met you. You were you were at the front of the line of the very special uh, influencer and press uh, <laughs> behind behind the closed doors Galen Center thing on Monday night. Like me, me and South like roll up with like Tim, and who do I see at the front of the line? But none other than Jez Corden in the flesh <laughs> at the front of the line, and we oh, skipped man. and got in right behind him. We like skipped a whole bunch of people. Jez was like, come <laughs> right here with us. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, good times, man. It's a shame that, you know, how hard it is to get to E3 because it's uh, fun times meeting everyone. Oh, well, maybe next year, eh? You got to go next year, man? Uh, I want to. I mean, I wanted to go this year, but, you know, things didn't exactly pan out the way you know, it was supposed to. Just like the reason we're doing this podcast on a Saturday instead of a normal Wednesday, <laughs> yes. uh, which, to be fair, we're, we're both a little to blame for this. Jez uh, was spending time with his family, so we weren't going to do it Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, we were supposed to do it on Friday, but then my internet, Comcast, you bastards, uh, <laughs> my internet was down most of the day, so we couldn't do it yesterday. So here we are on a Saturday uh, doing the podcast, which um, I don't know. Uh, what do you think about what do you think about weekend Xbox Two, Jez? I think it's cool, man. Yeah, because it's I've had proper night sleep, so that actually it's better in a way. Yeah, it is. Those sleeps don't usually come on a Friday or a Thursday. So yeah, I'm feeling pretty chill. How are you feeling overall, matey? Um, overall, I, I, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing all right to watch, um, watched a couple movies this week. Uh, actually tried out a beta for a game, which I'll probably talk about during the, um, uh, you know, what we played section. Uh, for the most part, I'm doing pretty good. Um, just kind of, uh, you know, preparing for next weekend because this time next week, I believe EA, uh, kicks it off with EA play, right? Are they first? I should probably check the schedule. I'm pretty sure they're on Saturday. I don't know. Which and then Microsoft is on Sunday morning with Bethesda uh Sunday night. This is true. And Sony's a bit later in the week. Sony's uh Ubisoft, um Square Enix, Sony, and the rest of them are all on Monday. Uh so yeah, I'm so sad. This time next week, we'll get to watch a probably a 15 minute demo of Anthem, um, and who knows what else EA is going to show. But uh, yeah, it's it's almost that time. It's that time of the year. It's Christmas. 
and E3. Uh, it's exciting, man. I'm 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 pumped. Even though maybe I really shouldn't be, I, I still get excited every single year to see all the big games. Regardless. Why shouldn't you be? My expectations for this year's E3 are kind of low. Hmm. I don't know, man. My expectations for third party are low. <laughs> you only care about third party. I, I mean, you know, like I, I mean, I care about third party as well. I just, I don't know. With with, we'll probably talk about that a little bit later, like our wish list. But, um. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, Crackdown 3, apparently. I don't know. Jez was in the middle of this storm about, is it delayed? Is it is it canceled? Uh, we'll talk uh, about that. Yeah. We'll I should talk- just not tweet. Yeah. You, you always get yourself like stuck in the middle of these things. You know that? Yeah. It's not intentional. Believe me. Oh come on, Jez! You don't, you don't, you can lie to the people, but you can't lie to Rand. You love the attention. <laughs> Oh God, Jazz loves all the attention. It's part of my job, isn't it? So I don't know, but yeah, I just sometimes I just forget and I tweet things and then it's everywhere. But I don't. But yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um. What else? Uh. PUBG versus Fortnite because and not not in the sense of the game versus the game and which one's better. But more in the sense of, yo, PUBG is like literally suing <laughs> Fortnite. And I know you wanted to talk about it. And you have uh, I love this story so much. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, Jez also wanted to talk about our wish list for Xbox or just an E3 for general. Like what would, what would make the show for you and, and things like that. Uh, Jez is going to review. That's right. He's going to review the State of Decay 2 patch. Does it really <laughs> fix everything wrong with literally the game everything literally a 20 gigabyte patch came out for state of decay 2 yeah it was a big one and you won't believe what it did <laughs> right. now that's a clickbait title right there yeah you should totally you should have that as, a, as the video tool yeah what, what would it be uh uh state of decay 2 uh patch you won't believe what it fixed unbelievable capitals yeah. megaton Patch. huge huge news um Super huge and then whatever else you know uh that we can think of if you have any topics make sure you uh put them in um the chat or use super chat or what what whatever way you want uh we'll probably get to some of those but uh first up as always video games we love them we play them jazz is gonna tell us all about state of decay too because i have a feeling that's all he's really played this week Actually, no, he isn't. What? Very, almost all I've played this week. Um, yeah, I played a lot of State of Decay 2 this week, um, as I played a lot of State of Decay 2 last week as well. Um, I just killed the last play cart. I've been taking it steady, exploring and stuff like that. Um, I just killed the last play cart literally about an hour before we went live. So that's fun. Um, a play cart sort of like the first, part of the main sort of mission, I guess. You have to go around killing all these play cards. And then uh when you're done, you do your legacy missions and stuff like um no your your leader missions and stuff like that. But um I suppose the biggest news about State of Decay this week is like you say the big patch. It was um it was a complete reinstall of the game. So it was twenty over twenty gigabytes. I, I can't remember exactly it was like twenty point twenty point three gigabytes or something. And uh, completely reinstalled the game, um, fresh install of the game. 
it uh it fixes a lot of stuff dude a lot of stuff um probably the best thing it fixed. so I mean, why, why was it a complete reinstall i mean it's not it's not like the patch was 20 gigabytes i mean no. it was a complete reinstall of the game with some fix so why do you think they made you redownload the entire game basically I think they've um, they've done some under the hood changes to the way the game sort of handles the multiplayer portion because I played with Roby last night and Roby lives on the west coast um, of America and obviously I'm in England and usually the latency between the continents is completely unplayable but I played with almost no lag I mean there's still a little bit of lag but it was playable at least. This was post-patch, and I was very, very pleased with the result. Also, this week, I've been playing on an Xbox One S instead of an X, and uh, wow, the game is pretty bad. I actually heard it has a better frame rate on the S than it does on the X. It has a better frame rate, but it has these weird... Well, it had these weird hitching issues where if you drove too fast, the game would freeze for you, but it would keep on going. So, like, you could get killed or drive off a cliff or something while it was hitching and stuff like that. And it got pretty bad. And if you uh, if you drove for a long time, the whole game could crash. But it seems they've fixed that now on the S, which is um, nice for S owners. So it fixes some of the, like, most annoying systemic issues with the engine. Oh, and also the, the lighting issues in multiplayer because... Uh, the the torches weren't working in multiplayer. Oh, and grenade throwing wa- wasn't working properly either. Sometimes, like you could throw a grenade and it bounce off the back of your head and just land at your feet and blow yourself up. So they fixed that too. So they've fixed some of the most annoying issues, but there's still there's still a lot of room for improvement. Like the game still has you know bugs and stuff like that to do with the the base building like i had a bug right now where one of my npcs kept falling through the floor and and stuff like that pathing issues and you know some of the, some of those other sort of bugs are still there but it's a really really nice step in the right direction and uh, now do you, do you think do you think review scores would have been higher if this would would have been the way the game launched to begin with instead of releasing a patch a week later or two weeks later uh i don't know man a lot of the some of the reviews were really harsh about the bugs but others just didn't really get the gameplay like you know the the fact that it's like a you know almost strategy game on top of an action game like some people were trying to play it like it was an action game and sort of didn't really get into the simulation which is where all the depth is and where the addictive gameplay is in my opinion at least so I don't know if it would have changed the review scores. It's it's a weird game. There's there's nothing that you can really compare it directly to. It's got like strategy elements, simulation elements, RPG elements, action RPG, combat in in ways and I don't know. I just like some of the some of the stuff that was complained about in some reviews I saw from big sites was actually fit fixed before the game went live, but they still didn't update their reviews to reflect that. So I think this just wasn't a big of much interest to most game reviews to be fair. So not that I'm calling out anyone's professionalism or but, lack thereof, but um someone just commented in chat, uh I missed did I miss it? Uh no, where is it? Um Well someone someone wanted to know do you think this other reviewers should go back and re review the game now? Because it's supposed oh yeah, uh I'm 
Omnio Jakum says, Jez, do you think it deserves the review scores to be reappraised? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's on Microsoft at the end of the day. For, I mean, this is the this is the game they were selling to people. This is the game that they gave to reviewers at the end of the day. So it's on Microsoft, really, for not delaying it a month or something to get these last few finishing touches on it. And, um, you know, I don't think... I mean, it's unlikely that anyone's going to go and reappraise their their scores anyway because it's E3 this week. Nothing, nothing yeah. like that's going to get done. And but the good news is that despite the review scores, it seems to be getting pretty good engagement anyway. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft put out a press release, and I did a video about it. Was um they had a million players in. See, this is where the press release gets tricky. They say they have uh, the million players in two days, but it was really six days. Uh, two days from the global launch. Yeah. So when it came out on Tuesday, <laughs> but the game launched on a Friday. Uh, see, everything every, yeah, with PR, especially Xbox PR, you got to read through the bullshit. It's tricksy. It's, it's tricksy. tricksy. They say two days. So you're thinking to yourself, oh man, two days. Game came out on Friday with the Ultimate Edition. That means Saturday, Sunday, a million players. Uh, but that's where they get you. You got to read the fine print. And the prime print said the global launch release two days after that, which is the Tuesday, so Wednesday, Thursday. So it had a million players in six days, which is pretty good. And then they said it broke record. It broke a record. But in the PR, there was no mention of what record it broke. And I remember <laughs> asking you, I'm like, Jez, uh, what, re- what what do they do? And you were like, oh, this is confusing. All it did was it broke, um, it broke a milestone, meaning a million players, but it also did more in six days than state of decay one which is good because state of decay one went on to be like a five million seller um so is this i mean what is significance of this is this just people wanting state of decay two is this game pass uh you know with the low price and the game being in their day one kind of helping out the game quite a bit uh it's a combination isn't it like state of decay has a has a surprisingly passionate fan base from the first game. Um, they um, had a very active community before State of K1 even launched. It sort of predates that Kickstarter thing, and and yeah, it wasn't obviously it wasn't on Kickstarter, but uh, Jeff Strain had a following from his World of Warcraft days, and he sort of he sort of built a community around State of Decay before the game even launched. And um, you know there was hype for the game, and you know they were like. They were pretty upfront about it back then, and they were like, "I mean, I remember all this because I, I was, I followed State Decay in the same sort of way as a World of Warcraft fan and a fan of Jeff Strand's work and stuff like that." And um, I sort of they, they were upfront. They were like, "This is like a proof of concept, and our and our long our more long term roadmap is to move towards this sort of like a multiplayer game with much bigger scope, you know." And State of Decay ones are proof of concept, blah blah blah. So like. Um, I was on board, and a lot of other people were on board too, and they're still on board, you know. And they've they've still got that commu- that sense of community and all that sort of stuff. And um, they brought that into State of Decay too, so that helps it a bit. Also, it's a multiplayer game, so people be like, "Oh, come and play this with me. Come and play with my friends." Blah blah blah. And um, people convincing their friends to play it, which is always a compelling purchase purchase reason. Also, the price point helped, and also Game Pass helped. So it's going to be a combination of things now. The real, the the real interesting thing about this is whether it will translate into a sequel. Because like Microsoft mm. are like talking about, is this 
is this real is this success that Microsoft talking about is that real success or is that nice sort of PR statement success you know we're never going to see the balance sheet we're never going to see the money and we're never going to know if this game will get a sequel until you know um it pans out a bit more and we see like how the updates handle things and what the DLC brings because there is supposed to be some kind of new mode in the works for the DLC and uh be interesting to see exactly what that new mode is um but them's them's the facts man it's uh it's uh interesting to think about what the future of this game looks like and ultimately we don't know we don't know well, that that is true ultimately we don't know um yeah so i mean it seems like it's doing well for itself uh it's cl- i think it's doing well all things considered yeah I just wish the game launched uh, with a lot of the, like the patch that just went out would have been there day one instead of coming out weeks later. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, it's a shame that that had to happen, but Hey, uh, it's fixed for people that are currently playing it. Supposedly uh, jazz. What would, you, what would you give a rating on this patch out of a, t- out of a 10 or a five star system? Cause that's what you use at uh Windows <laughs> central. Would you rate this patch a four out of five stars? I give it a, th- 3.5 zombie brains out of 5. Alright. Uh, anything else you've been playing? I've been playing Frostpunk. I won't talk about this very much because it's it's a, it's been out for a while now, but are you aware of this game, Frostpunk? Yeah, I mean, I've heard about it uh, when it got announced, or when it just showed up on Windows 10 and PC, people were like, what? Yeah, I was really surprised by that. I've actually been playing it on Windows 10. Um instead of I, this is the thing i was waiting for a steam sale and um and uh, then it hit windows 10 and i was just like eh, i'll just get on there then because it's got achievements <laughs> so i'm i'm just one of them kind of people but um yeah it's really good so basically what you do in frostpunk is it's it's got that sort of survival layer that state of decay has where you are in an apocalypse, you're trying to build a base, trying to survive, and you're battling the environment and the elements, basically. And uh, it's all... its the, the real attraction of this game is that it's got really great graphics and really great artwork. So, like, it's all steampunk and mechanical and the, like... Obviously, because it's all... It's set in a sort of uh, Ice Age apocalypse where there's snow everywhere. Like, the snow has physics when all the units are moving through the snow. Like in uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, you know, at the start of that game. So, um, it, it looks really great. The UI is really nice and all that sort of stuff. So, and uh, it's addictive, you know. You build build your base. You got, you know, keep your people happy. Keep them fed and, and get resources. But it's more like a classic sort of uh, overhead real-time strategy game rather than... Uh, uh, State of Decay, which is sort of strategy mixed with um, action RPG sort of combat. So, yeah, man, I love survival games. Can you tell? I, I can definitely, definitely tell you do, and I don't really care for them. <laughs> you know what it's mean? <laughs> like. I never really have, so um... it's fine. It's different strokes, you know. I mean, Long Dark was my favorite game on Xbox for the longest time. The do you get it? Long, longest. I didn't even. I, I remember didn't even you used that, to probably. talk about that game all the time. I love the Long Dark, man. I had yeah. some of my most like amazing experiences on Xbox in that game, just from the randomness that happens. 
like bear walking at you out the snow and stuff like that. I just love that stuff, man. And State of Decay has elements of that too, where like it's pitch black in the darkness, and you know, and then you suddenly you see like a zombie with glowing red eyes in the window, and it's all procedural and random, chaotic, and I like that. I like that in games. So the roguelike type stuff. I don't know. Yeah. So Gunstar seventy five has a question for you, and he says, "Jez, no hungering deep." No, I haven't touched the hunger. You, but but Jazz, Sea Thieves was supposed to be this year's PUBG, bro. Oh my god. Hey, first of all, there's still time, okay? Uh-huh. Second uh-huh. of all, uh-huh. the way PUBG's going, Sea of Thieves might be bigger than PUBG by the end of the year. Oh man, we'll have to get into that in a minute, but So if 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 Sea of Thieves is bigger than PUBG at the end of the year because PUBG kills itself in a lawsuit, that counts. That counts. And I, I was right. Okay. okay. Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, <laughs> I see I see a lot of people talking very positively about their experience with the Hungering Deep, with uh, the Megalodon, the quest to fight that beast that I, actually has a full, complete body to it this time. I've got a confession. You I was that? so convinced it was a giant crab. You were convinced it... Even though, like, all the hints during the trailers and everything, like, kind of... I, th- I thought they were doing a bait and switch, right? And it was going to be a typical rare thing where it's like, oh, it's obviously a giant shark, blah, blah, blah. But then it'd be a giant crab. Because uh, they had the crab cave paintings, and there was a little crab walking around at the start of the trailer. I was like, yeah, I see what they're doing there. But I totally overthought it. <laughs> and it was a Megalodon. I am planning to play it on Monday um, on a stream, so... Um... Hopefully I'll get to check it out then. But nah, I've, I've just been addicted to State of Decay, man. The problem with Sea of Thieves, Rand, is that I think to really enjoy that game, you need to have a, a group of four. And I just, it's really hard to get four people together to play that game when everyone's so busy, everyone's doing different things all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. I mean, part of me even wanted i like myself i, I kind of wanted to you know ch- check out the content and see if these right mm-hmm. but even still it was like i need three other people and none of my like all my like all my friends want nothing to do with sea of thieves like i remember playing it with gopher and gopher's two hours in he's like gopher literally is like rand i'm like yeah he's like fuck this game and he turned it off uninstalled it <laughs> but, you know so it's like Nobody, none, nobody in my circle wants to play Sea of Thieves, so it's like, oh, okay, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, but it the, is out. I mean, people in mind don't want to play it either, you know. So, I mean, this is what Sea of Thieves needed, you know. They, they rare has what four teams working on content drops uh, for the show. Yeah, year, that or? was the that was the most interesting thing because I in, I interviewed them last week for for Longer and Deep and. They were like, yeah, we're, we're setting up a fourth team for content. So, like, the, the team that made Hunger and Deep now, they'll go on and work on the next piece of content that's coming out in a few months' time. And, the you know, and the, the idea is that the more teams they've got working on the content, the longer the lead time they have, the bigger the updates will be. And, therefore, eventually, see if Thieves might be fully fleshed out. But, um, and deliver on, the you know, the potential that everyone sees in the game. But no one really, you know... It, no one can really claim that it has that depth outside of you know the social interaction stuff. But if you don't, if you don't find cosmetics compelling to, as as part of the gameplay rewards, which I don't, and if you don't find solo play fun in like this dangerous multiplayer world, which I don't, there's still not a great deal of stuff to do. You know, I I don't 
care about the cosmetics. I mean, so you sometimes I do care about cosmetics, but they don't even look that good in Sea of Thieves, in my opinion. So, you know, I just I haven't found a compelling reason to play it again. Which right. is, but I'm still hopeful that they'll deliver on the, the potential there, because obviously there's pretty big potential. But we'll have to wait and see. I would rather see State of Decay grow in the, with four content teams, to be honest. Indeed. That'd be interesting. Shout out to Mighty Ryan for the super chat. We appreciate it. Thanks for the support. He wants to know is, do you think the Switch will outsell the Xbox One this year? And if it does, yes. what do you think Microsoft can take away from that? Now, what do you... Right, yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that two ways. Will it sell more than the Xbox One this year? Like, if you're just taking 2018, yes, of course, it will sell more than the Xbox One. Now, I think you're talking about the overall sales. Like, will the total sales of Switch eclipse the total sales of Xbox One? Uh, I don't think it will this year. I think it will next year. Um, I think they got a little bit what too... What Switch at now? 18 million, I think. Almost almost 19, I want to say. I think they could do it with, with Christmas. Uh, it's, for, I swear, if Fortnite drops on the Switch, which it will, which it will, and um, and then the Pokemon's, and then and then you got Christmas, Fortnite, Switch plus Christmas equals millions of sales. I don't think. I guess like the real the real question is, will Nintendo be able to meet demand? Uh, that's the question. They are. I think they are predicting, or at least shooting for twenty million uh, Switches this fiscal year, which is a lot. Um, they do have the Pokemons, and they do have Smash Bros. Um, coming uh, this holiday. They also are launching their online system. I, I, I think it'll be close. I just think they'll fall short, and they'll just pass them easily next year. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but then again, we won't ever know, because Microsoft never gives updates on sales info, and I can't imagine Nintendo coming out and saying, we patched Microsoft. It'll just uh-huh. be people... Like, you know what I mean? Like, Switch hits 40 million. People are like, I already know how this happens because people don't know how much Microsoft sold. It's anywhere between 25 million and 40 million, right? Uh, and once once Switch hits 30 million, you're already going to see people saying it outsold Xbox just because nobody knows what it is. Um, yeah, so, uh, but what can Microsoft take away from it? Mm, I mean... <sighs> The truth is, Microsoft already knows that, you know, mobile is important. But um, at the same time, it's like, I'm not sure if they truly care or understand how important that's going to be. And also, Microsoft already has a contingency in, pl- in place here. Microsoft believes believes in cloud streaming. So, so sure, in Microsoft's mind, if Nintendo sells tons and tons of Switches, Microsoft is just going to cut a deal with Nintendo and say, let us let us stream Xbox games to the Switch. I think that's what Microsoft's really banking on here. Um, they don't need... I mean, Microsoft could easily make a Switch competitor. They could easily do that because they've got they've got the deals with the processing com- the processor companies you know Nvidia and AMD and, and all all those companies and they they would jump at the chance to be funded by Microsoft to make an, a Surface Switch type device, you know, they would easily do that. They could do that. They could blink and it'd happen. But they're not going to do it because there's more money to be made in just putting a subscription service on Nintendo Switch instead. So I think that's um, Microsoft 
doesn't have a takeaway for this because they've already envisioned this scenario um, and they've already got a plan for it, and that is cloud streaming. That's what I think. Right. Um, the only thing I would take away from it is that uh, is that exclusives maybe matter more than they f- think they do because the Switch has been riding high on very popular exclusive titles like Zelda and Mario and things like that. And clearly people want them and they're buying the system to get those experiences. And now you also have the third parties starting to get on board a little bit. Uh, Fortnite's going to be... M- Fortnite's going to be absolutely massive on the Switch. It's going to oh, sell. Yeah. It's going to sell Switches. Yeah. Um. It Definitely. already sells Xboxes and Playstations. It's going to sell yeah. Switches. Uh. So, takeaway is that I think if you create compelling, great, uh, quality exclusives, uh, people will, people will, uh, you buy buy the system to play those exclusives on. I mean, we already kind of see that with Sony with God of War and how well. That has done five million copies in a month. Um, you know, the third biggest game to reach, like, uh, possibly the fastest game to reach a billion views on YouTube. Uh, you know, Sony having the best sales month since like the Wii U in 2009. Uh, you know, all those factors into the sense that God of War was a very desired game by a lot of people on that platform and people wanted to play it, so they bought the system. So that's the takeaway for me. But also, I think I think largely the success of the Wii is, or the Wii, the the Switch is because of the mobility, the portable aspect of it. It's a different uh, beast, you know. It it's, is. it's a completely different beast. You can play it anywhere, you know, and you can just sort of you can play it while doing other things as well. You can like have a Netflix show on your TV and then just have your Switch in your lap playing that free to play Pokemon game and all that sort of stuff. So it's uh, it's a bit of a different beast and. And the thing with yeah. Fortnite, the thing with Fortnite is that it's free to play and it has cross-play and cross-progression on like everything. So like you could just download the game on the Switch and you have the, you know, your cross-purchases and your cross-play, you're going to have a user base to play against and your purchases if you played it on Xbox or PlayStation, people are going to be like, "You know what? Uh I feel like taking I feel like playing uh, you know, the the Fortnite uh, uh, while taking a shit." And they'll just go. Right, they'll load up the switch, and they'll have all their characters there, and they're go. You know, they'll, they'll they'll leave, or somebody's watching TV, and they can do it there. And fuck, Fortnite's about to blow up again. Yep. So yeah, thanks for the question. Thanks for the uh, super chat. Really appreciate it. Now, um, God, I'm finally getting to what I played this week. Man, <laughs> um, I actually played uh, the the Crew Two beta. Jazz, did you play this last year at E3 at all? Nope. It's a racing game, man. It is, it is, uh, and it's actually pretty good. I'm surprised. I wasn't really a fan of the Crew 1, but the way the cars handle on this, so arcadey, and I am down for arcadey racers, uh, has the really interesting concept of being able to transform into a car, a boat, or a uh, plane when you're free roaming at a drop of a dime. And it's literally the United United States map. Like the, the the whole map is the United States, and it takes apparently an hour to drive from one end of the map to the other end of the map. That's how big it is. And then of course, when you actually do the races, it's like you're stuck with one kind of car or one type of boat or whatever. But I was really impressed by you know what I played, and uh, I can't wait to play it. Uh, comes out at the end of the month. And um, what else did I play? Oh yeah, Detroit Become Human. Hey, I've heard I've heard good things about that game. Like even from people who don't usually like David Cage. So. Yeah, 
it's 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 awesome. It's it's amazing. I love it, and I can't recommend it enough. Now, of course, you kind of have to be into those style of games. The what do we call those style of games, Jazz? The interactive movie experiences. Kind of? <laughs> Is that what they're called? Is I don't know what they're called technically. I mean, they're like the Telltale games. And don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything. I wouldn't do that. Uh, they're like the Telltale, the Telltale, whatever genre the Telltale games and the Life of Strange games is in. That's what Detroit and um, that stuff. It's it's a game where uh, there's quick time events, uh, where there's dialogue choices, but on a timer. There's moral choices you have to make, but of course you're timed. Uh, you could lose characters. Uh, people could hate you. But man, it is so well done. Um, such a great game. It looks amazing on the PS4. Uh, I'm playing it on the Pro. Uh, and I don't, the story is just, just was, I was just hooked, man. Like I played it Friday night for like four hours and yeah, in the beginning you'll be like, you know, vacuuming the floor and washing the dishes and and things like that. Uh, but it kind (laughs) of serves adventure games though, isn't it? Yeah. But walking dead and, and, uh, yeah, someone's calling right now to some degree. Somebody's calling right now to tell me to stop talking about PlayStation games. <laughs> you know? They're, they're, I don't know. I, I do have people that will like message me and be like, Rand, stop talking about PlayStation. You're not a PlayStation gamer. Uh, You're an Xbox gamer. Why are you talking about PlayStation games, Rand? Tell them to go and do one. It, games are games. Doesn't matter I don't what know. They like make one guy even suggested I make a second channel strictly about PlayStation because he doesn't want to see any PlayStation on my original channel. I'm just like, what kind of shit is that? I'll do what I want. It's my channel. This isn't called Randall Thor 19 Xbox or whatever, or like Rand's Xbox channel. Um, but yeah, back to Detroit. Uh, I thought it was an amazing experience, about 10 hours long. I went back and actually replayed stuff, trying to get a, 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 a you know. <laughs> now, so here, here's somebody calling out. He said, "Ran the show's called the Xbox Two, and and yes, it is. But in this segment, we are talking about games we played, regardless of the platform we played it on, and uh, that's just how it is. But everything else is kind of always related to Xbox. Um, so yeah, I I greatly, highly recommend. Detroit if you have a PlayStation and if you are in if you enjoy those type of experiences cuz even cuz I can I could see people playing it and not really being down with uh the interactive cuz it's not it's it, it's like loosely a game, you know what I mean? Like very loose. The the gameplay I w- isn't what I would call the best cuz you just kind of like walk around, you interact with the right stick. Um you know the quick time events and stuff like that. So it's like it's very loosely a game, but what's what's there is pretty damn awesome in my opinion. So, all right. With that said, what else did I play? Oh, PUBG. But we're we're gonna get into PUBG versus Fortnite now. Jez, um, I don't know if you saw, but PUBG's lost half of its audience since January. <gasps> Gas. And I wonder why. Hmm. And they also put out uh. They're also suing. They're taking they're taking Epic Games to court in South Korea. And yes. they're trying to protect their copyright, which I'm assuming is a copyright on the mode. 
See, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know really anything about law because I, you know, but I, I especially don't know anything about South Korean law. Um, but this isn't. I don't think this is a good look. Regardless, if they have, if they have a right to do it, and they're trying to protect uh, the game or whatever they're trying to protect, it looks like to most people viewing it from the outside, which is all of us and everybody in chat, right? It looks like they're just salty and upset that Fortnite yeah. copied them really fast and became bigger, much bigger than PUBG ever, ever was. Yeah. And they see their declining player base and they like, it just seems, it, it seems to everybody else that they're just, they're just sore losers in this regard. Um, so what do, what do you think about that? I think it's there's just no there's no way that can possibly sort of come away looking like the good guys here. I don't, I don't know. It's um I think they're crazy for doing it. I don't know if they thought like oh they we're doing it in Korea. This won't get back to the US or something. <laughs> it hasn't really worked out as they wanted it. I mean, I haven't seen a single person say. Yeah, PUBG, go for it, get them and stuff like that. I haven't seen anyone supportive saying supportive things. Um, have you? <laughs> no, I have not. I, no, because I mean the market. The market's decided. The market decided that Fortnite is, you know, the standard bear. Not that it's a better game. Uh, just that it's it's so much more accessible yeah well that's the thing fortnite like it's a different minecraft, game i don't it's well, just i wouldn't say it's a different game it's it, it, it there's a lot of things that copied you know like the, the the plane flying overhead some of the weapons are basically carbon copies uh you know the blue like circle encroaching in uh even some of the ui looks very similar and lifted from PUBG. i mean and it's just the the problem here is i think i i think it's because they're such an indie dev cuz they are you know they were and i i honestly felt they had time like they thought that they could come out on xbox and put out a game right and then maybe build the game and put it out on playstation and they still would be first in this battle royale craze and they never accounted for for epic because Epic then literally in two months turned their game into a Battle Royale clone, went free to play, and then went on every console. Went on Xbox, went on PlayStation, on PC, now on mobiles, going to be on Switch. And it just kind of killed the momentum that PUBG had. It just killed the momentum of that game. It's still incredibly popular, don't get me wrong. It's like the most played game on Steam, second or third most played game in the world. But while Fortnite is rising, PUBG's declining. Mm. And, I, and I can't help but like see this like lawsuit and think they're trying to get some money out of uh, out of this. Like maybe they made poor decisions. Maybe going with Microsoft was the wrong choice and locking out the PlayStation for for a year. Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a maybe it was a great choice. Maybe they, you know, like I, I don't know, but it just seems like <clears throat> a situation where where someone who had an idea first, which they really didn't, because like it's just a copy of even H1Z1. Uh, you know, it's a copy of a copy. They get one up by somebody else, 
who did you know that idea better and now they're upset and they're whining and they're stamping their feet on the ground and and trying to have the courts decide it right mm. it's uh and i mean there's another aspect to this i don't really i'm not really familiar with korean law like if if this is the done thing there or something cuz you know i think it's it's significant to point out that this isn't supposed to be aimed at um any other market it's it's just the korean market where they've they're trying trying this out so i mean sure it could impact other other versions of the game or something but i don't know i think that's an important point to make like they are they abusing some kind of loop legal loophole here to bring to uh to make this litigation happen clearly either they've got a completely moronic legal team or they've got some sort of compelling evidence here you you don't just sue someone if you don't think you can you're going to lose if you if you think you're going to lose because it's going to be really expensive to lo- it's really expensive to lose a court battle at least it is in the west so i don't i don't know yeah we need, it... need a lawyer we need a lawyer to to explain it to us yeah, we do. We we need somebody who's like, does is it something to do with how South Korean laws, you know, uh, something there? I I don't know. I mean, I know they're based in Korea. Like Bluehole is a Korean company. Maybe that has something to do with it. I, I I don't know, but it 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 just seems to me as a as an onlooker, as someone watching on the sidelines, that man like, and considering everything about what we know is that when 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 Fortnite debuted the mode the first thing that happened was PUBG and brendan green and these guys basically saying that's bullshit you can't copy our game like right from the get-go you yeah. remember because we remember I'm like man PUBG just gave fortnite the biggest pr because they started talking about fortnite and saying how it wasn't fair yeah right so from day one they've been upset now was it upset because they feel epic had some sort of advantage because PUBG licenses Unreal Engine 4 from them and that PUBG was doing all the legwork to try to get like a hundred players and a huge server and did all that stuff and then Epic took what they built and made it better. You know what I'm saying? Like there is some sort of, uh, you know, there's a business relationship there between the two companies. One provides the engine and support and one's like the per- you know the person using the engine. Did, did Epic do something they weren't supposed to? Or, or some, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, it's it's an interesting uh, battle, and I I, I kind of wonder if they even have a chance. Um, if, if it's literally a, a court case of, hey, look, we both have helic, we both have a plane that drops people in, we both have a blue wall that comes in, we both have weapons that look like that. Is that like what they're really arguing about? How they, they got ripped off, or is it something deeper? Like, hey, we licensed this engine from them. We did all this stuff, and then they took that and then used it for their own game when they're not supposed to. You know what I mean? Like, are, is, is that yeah. something that could be true? I don't know. And yeah, I mean, it's it's all right for us to sit here and, well, for me to sit here and say that it's stupid, or for people to say it's stupid for them to try and sue them. But it's like you say, maybe there is some seriously messed up thing that they've done here that um, that they actually have evidence for that they they do have grounds to get some sort of compensation for. So it's going to be an interesting one to watch, especially when the details start coming out. So 
that's a story to watch, I think. Because <laughs> I don't I mean I don't know how all this dev licensing stuff works and this engine license but couldn't couldn't Epic just literally pull the engine out from underneath them and just kill the game? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. It would be interesting to see the contract. I wonder if it's contracted for a certain amount of time. Uh, that Could that be a case where they're like, no, you don't have the right to use our engine anymore. Stop selling the game. You're in breach of contract. You, you know? Mm. I, I'm sure there's probably stipulations in the contract or whatever that would probably prevent that. And that would also, if that happened, that would be a bad look for, for Epic. Yeah. That, you know, their competitor, you know, someone that they license an engine to, that's not a good look for other people trying to use Unreal Engine 4, is that, you know, Epic Games could essentially pull the use of the engine and then you lose your game. Uh, so that's something they probably wouldn't even bother considering. And why would they? Because Fortnite's the biggest game in the world. They're not They're not worried about PUBG. PUBG's worried about them, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I, I I think I think it's only I think Fortnite's only going to get more popular, and I think PUBG is just going to decline, um, especially with you know Call of Duty coming out with the battle royale mode, with maybe Red Dead coming out with the battle royale mode. Hell, with not even with even with Battlefield Five coming out with not necessarily a battle royale mode, but just new multiplayer. Uh, you know, like I, I think PUBG had its moment in the sun. It kind of ushered in this popular mode, and now other games will kind of take the mantle and run with it. You know, I, I, it's I think it's kind of interesting because, like, I mean, what you just said reminded me of World of Warcraft again. Because I remember when World of Warcraft came out, and everyone used to say this about World of Warcraft, like, oh, everyone's going to rip them off now, and. Every couple of years, I was like, oh, this is the WoW killer. This is the WoW killer. This is the WoW killer. Nothing ever really came close <laughs> to, to even approaching WoW's numbers ever. And like the, the one game that almost did Final Fantasy XIV Realm Reborn, then Blizzard sort of turned around and released Legion, which put the numbers back to almost to where they were during the game's height. So it's, um, it's just funny, you know. I mean, so, sometimes like games innovate and then everyone copies them and then it just sort of it becomes like a standard but then there are there are other games that just sort of they they just remain the standard for that that genre and stuff. it'd be interesting to see if anything ever beats fortnite and what for what it did i mean at the time god could you did you did you ever envision PUBG with all the accolades it got last year and all I know, the right? Do you remember last year when it was like people were like it was up for the game of the year and people were like, no, no. Everybody was talking about <laughs> PUBG as it was like this huge phenomenon, which it was. But here we are, six months into in 2018, and nobody really talks about it anymore. It's all about Fortnite. And remember, Fortnite was looked at with kind of like laugh like people laughed at Fortnite. People laughed at the fact that they copied PUBG. And here we are. It flipped. It's amazing how stuff like this happens uh in the industry. Like PUBG's not held up as, as high anymore. You know, half the player base is left. Um Fortnite's about to come out on the Switch and probably even have more users. But this is the thing, you know, it's like everyone's saying PUBG I mean I see this on the twi- on Twitter like when whenever PUBG tweets something People are like, oh, stop tweeting, PUBG's dead. And it's like, well, it's still the most played game on Steam. It's kind of not dead. And, and you know, you've got all these other games like CSGO, which are still absolutely huge. 
you never really see anyone in the Twitter community talking about CSGO, but it's no. still an absolutely massive game. You know, so like some of these games just sort of, you know, they have all the hype, all their press, the press moves on, the fair weather fans move on, and then they just have this sort of sustainable core which keeps the franchise alive, you know. Like, and even games that haven't had a, a new game in ages, like Halo, you know, there's still like super passionate Halo fans who they talk about Halo all day, every day on Twitter, and Halo subreddit's still very active and stuff like that. So PUBG's slipped out of the limelight, but in, in our sort of world of, you know, social, where social media seems to be like some kind of, you know, standard bearer for, for anything, like if, if people aren't talking about it, if it's not trending, hashtag trending, then it, it must be dead. Well, that's not the reality of things. PUBG is still a very, very huge game. It's still making a lot of money. And hopefully this competition with Fortnite will sort of light a fire under them and hopefully we'll get some polish out of that thing because yeah. it's still, still rough, you know. It's, it's a meme how rough it is, you know. Well, yeah, shout out so. to the Osman for the uh, super chat. He says, I'll never play PUBG again. Great show, guys. Thanks, thanks for the comment. Thanks for the support. And... I mean, you're right. Like, just I'm just going back and thinking six months ago, like where everybody, where PUBG was the talk of the town, and here we are six months later, and Fortnite's a cultural phenomenon. Like sports, like celebrities talk about it. Drake played it with Ninja. Uh, a fuck a pitcher for I, f- I think the Indians like went on the DL because he plays Fortnite so much or whatever. Like, like celebrities play it, it, it's 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 taken to the stratosphere that PUBG never experienced and and here we are like talking about the fact that PUBG is losing half of its audience which is still the most on steam like PUBG is about to go die out but it's such an interesting like microchasm or it's an interesting look at a phenomenon we have like court court roads courtside seats to it you know like i remember minecraft it was like Minecraft came out and people were like, "What's this?" And then suddenly, Minecraft's like the biggest thing on the planet. But yeah, um, let's see what else. And and then there's the whole Xbox thing, man. Like I don't know if you've been like keeping a brush about like the console version of PUBG, but you know they just put Mirror Mirror on Mirror Mar on Xbox. And honestly, I don't know. Like the preview, like the pre- I know it's in preview, but like they're so like they get things right, then they get things wrong, they screw stuff up. The game crashes like every two games now, right? Uh, really? While while, the, while it runs better, it still can run like crap in the beginning of the game. Oh yeah, dude! Like co- constantly, like three. You play three games in a row, you, you're gonna crash. Uh, okay. There's there's new bugs that weren't in this build that are on that like are like new to this version. It's I just sit there and I'm just like, what the hell? Like, how could you not get this? right and it's funny because when i was doing my e3 hopes and dreams video uh i i I had like a funny joke i was gonna say but maybe i'll save it later for the podcast but i'm still just kind of sitting there and i'm just like jesus christ blue hole get your shit together you know like stop with these lawsuits and i don't know maybe work on work on fixing not only the pc version of the game but the xbox version of the game you know, like, anyways, um, let's move on and talk about, uh, let's talk about crackdown. And, uh, while we're, while we're waiting here, while we got everybody here and 300 and 
70 people. We only have 76 likes. It's kind of it's kind of low, you know. Why don't you do me and Jez <laughs> a favor and smash that like button? Smash it. It's free. Helps out the show. Like helps out the channel uh, tremendously. And that's the one time I'm going to ask before the end of the show. So please, if you're enjoying it, hit that like button. Anyways. All right, Jez, you were in the middle of a controversy yet again, as you always seem to be. Uh, Crackdown. Now, <laughs> I'll set it up. You knock it down. Here we go. Amazon Spain canceled pre-orders for Crackdown 3. And people went with the narrative, like, oh, my God, it's canceled. They finally did it. Those monsters. And Jez was out there reporting, intrepid sideline reporter that he is being like hold on dudes <laughs> hold on dudes one second let me bring up my contacts at xbox pr let me get on the, let me get on the jazz phone you know that green phone that <laughs> jazz has um we're, we're green, gonna, green phone the green phone the jazz oh, phone man. calls up he calls up pr pr tells jazz it's not canceled uh blah, actually blah, blah, blah. no P- pr pr were like i'll investigate but then aaron greenberg tweeted me um in the middle of me waiting for PR, but yeah, I mean, I talk, I talked to you know people I know at Xbox, and they were like, "No, it isn't cancelled." And that, that, someone said, "If it's cancelled, it's really strange because I'm playing a dev build right now." <laughs> you know? he, he just doesn't know it's cancelled. They're gonna yeah. tell him later that day. Like, what are you doing? Stop, yeah. stop working on that game. Yeah. So um, it's uh. It's it's funny, you know. But um, it's so funny, man. People were like, "Oh, look! Look how fast Jez was to damage control that." Oh, I know. Like, dude, it's kind of my job to write about facts that are factual, you know. So, um, oh god. But anyway, yeah. I I, I just I just asked the question, like, what does this mean? Is this is this bad news? Is someone is Amazon jumping the gun? What's going on? And they were just like, oh, I don't know. Um, Aaron Greenberg spoke to Amazon, and they were like, oh, it's a glitch. So, um, but other people were like, sometimes Amazon kind of uh, they cancel pre-orders for when things are delayed um, in, indefinitely or something. Some someone said, I don't know. Indefinitely. But, yeah, like when there's no fixed um, fixed release date. So, but you know, we don't know ultimately. I think, like, pretty much the first question I'm going to ask if I get to speak to anyone at E3 is give us a status update on Crackdown, like like a definitive one. If they don't talk about it in the presser, that's going to be, like, people are going to be really confused. I don't know. So, I mean, okay. So, what do we think here? What are we thinking? Are we thinking, because... I put out a prediction that it was delayed, right? Or at least that I thought I think it's going to be delayed. Um, but I'm not. I don't know. Like anything can happen. I, like even even my prediction is just a prediction. I don't have any. I'm. I don't have any inside information, right? Um, do you still think it, it's possible the game comes out this year, whether it's July or November? Because while they did, while they were quick to come out and put down the talk about it being canceled, 
they also never meant they also never talked about or, or addressed the rumor that it was delayed because that because both those things were going on at the same time. So while Aaron was quick to dis, to dismiss it being canceled, he didn't say a damn word about uh, it being delayed to next year. Um, mm. So what do you if you had to put the odds on it, Jez? The odds of it releasing this year, what what is it? I I would say odds are that it doesn't release this year. Frankly, I mean either it's delayed into the jaws of Red Dead Redemption, or it's which is bad, or it's just delayed into 2013. Um, 2013, we're going back in time. Holy yeah, we're going crap. back in time. 20, 2019. Um, I don't think I don't think it's coming out this year. I think like Microsoft wants it to be up there, you know, with the, with their core franchises. And since Sumo is not the biggest dev in the world, they're going to need more time than maybe another studio. Might. I, I you say that, but they're also working on the other game that was leaked. That's Team Sonic Racing that walmart leaked and that they officially kind of came out and said yeah so i mean they're working on two games at least i, I thought their studio was like 500 people or they um, have multiple studios um maybe they do they've got multiple studios don't they i don't, I don't know but uh i just i just don't know man i've heard all sorts of things about that game and i just don't know what to believe anymore so i've just sort of taken a sit back wait and see approach i mean i've heard that it's going well i've heard that it's going bad i don't know what to believe so. well we, we won't have long to find out because th- we'll find out for sure on the 10th if it's not at the show 2019 if it's at the show and there's a trailer they obviously have a date behind it it could i mean it could literally be here's crackdown 3 beta starts now game releases next month as kind of a <laughs> like the whole two month game for a game pass, you know, you have see it thieves in March, you had state of decay in May, maybe crackdown three is July. Then you're going to have fours in September. Then maybe a gears game or something in November and then something in January, you know, rinse repeat. Uh, oh. It kind of fits nicely into that, but I, I just, I, I don't know. Like they've been so quiet about this game. Uh, and I, I, I don't know either, man. Like a part of me thinks like next week, part of me, part of me thinks next week, Microsoft is going to put out a press release and be like, crackdown won't be at E3. And here's the reasons why, you know, and it'll just be like, we're giving the game a bit more time, more budget. You can expect it in 2019, blah, blah, blah. But then a part of me is just like, it's going to show up at E3 and it's going to have a trailer uh, showcasing the multiplayer. And it's gonna be like, play the multiplayer now and you can play the beta. You know, um, yeah, it could go either way. I mean, it's ultimately, who knows? You know. Yeah, and uh, what's what wants us? Want, he wants me to answer this question. He's like, Rand, can you speak to Aaron Greenberg's comic comment that Xbox isn't holding anything back to C three? Is that simply PR talk, or is it like we will see a roadmap talk? Um, that is PR talk. Yeah, because when when they says something like that, right? Um, when they say Xbox isn't holding anything back this E3, it also implies that they were holding stuff back for previous E3s. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, we're not holding back this time. It's like, so you were holding back previous times then? Um, his job is to get excitement, uh, to build uh, people's, to get people pumped, right? That's That's what Aaron does. That's his job. 
so yeah, I mean, because because I guess he couldn't answer, but what if his comment was more like, "It is what it is," you know? Like, what if he just said, "We'll be there and we'll do our best." I, I don't know. I wouldn't read too much into PR pieces, and that's exactly what I think that is. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't think there's um. I don't think there's any reason to have a huge amount of hype for Xbox C3 this year. I could be completely wrong. I don't really know anything about what they're going to announce. Nothing concrete. But I think they've done a pretty good job of not letting anything leak this year. Unlike last year, where I pretty much had everything about Scorpio before it was announced. Just, this year, I've got nothing. It's not, you know, maybe it's maybe they don't have anything. Maybe there's not nothing leaked because they don't got nothing. Well, that's... There's nothing the... to leak if you don't have anything. That's that's always the, you know, that's always a possibility as well. Yeah, I've seen people say that. But uh, shout out to Mister Kill Junior for the super chat. Appreciate it. Shout out to D Blob uh, for the super chat. He says he doesn't like the secrecy with Crackdown Three delayed. Sure, uh, surely. Um, I just don't know, man. And Jez doesn't know. It's a game that's been in limbo. They talked about it at E three last year. Showed it. Showed it off. Gave a release date. And then just went dark. We haven't heard about it since. All that's been talked about is Phil saying that the team is working well on it and they have a date and all this stuff. But rumors abound about about it not you know not being an E3. So I don't know or not not coming out this year. Um, and honestly, um, I don't want another game from Microsoft that is just mediocre or just okay you know what i mean yeah. like, I, I i want a great game or at least at the very least a really good game you know what i mean like a really good great you know uh, masterpiece level stuff because i look like a 10 out of 10s like masterpiece like nines like fantastic eight is really good seven is you know eight's like great seven's like a really good six is okay five is average you know that type of that's kind of how i look at my review scale is those what I would give it? Anything less than five is a below average game. Yeah, and I just want Crackdown to just be at that like eight nine level where it's like really good or great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I I I agree, man. I just Crackdown is the third game in the se- in the series. It can't be mediocre. It just can't. And um, hopefully they'll actually like all the stops and make it you know at least like gears four level um gears four sort of you know that sort of level of quality like even if like you're not into that sort of game it should at least be that sort of level of quality so i don't know i don't know man but if you did know would you tell us uh, depends if I was under NDA or not. What are you under NDA on right now? Uh, I can't tell you. Oh, come on with this! You can. Huh. It's just it's just a conversation between me and you. Nobody else is is, is watching. <laughs> Nobody uh, else is here. Fair. To be fair, I haven't even got that much under NDA. To be fair, so mm. um, I, I'm pretty much I know as much as anyone else at the mo- at the moment. I got a hell of a lot of rumors, unsubstantiated rumors. You want to talk about them rumors? We've talked about them before, loads of times. Well, yeah, but what what about, okay, what about this rumor? Gears of War Battle Royale. 
<laughs> I tweeted about that like a, a few months ago. So if Microsoft does do that, they stole my idea, and I'm going to sue them, and I'm going to use the same lawyer that PUBG's using. What about what about that? Right, because Polygons came out and they said, "Yo, there's three Gears of War games Microsoft's announcing at this E3." Uh, three? Uh, yeah, three. Not just one game, that. not just two games, but three games. One of them being Gears of War Five, which looks more and more like a certainty considering all the games that have hap- you know been proven true from the uh, Walmart Canada leak, right? Uh, a Gears of War spinoff game they said that was like Halo Wars uh, which you know there's been rumors for a long time that of a Gears spinoff game that's kind of like XCOM Halo Wars or you know something along those lines and then they also said a Battle Royale title now immediately I think man could Gears of War even work in Battle Royale like the maps are incredibly tiny in Gears of War the weapons aren't exactly what I would call long-range engagement. Like, yeah, you do have, like, a sniper rifle, but... They would I'm have to very drastically change. Speed. Yeah, like, yeah. no vehicles. You'd have to change a lot. But then I'm thinking, hmm, maybe... It may, I don't know. I don't know, Jez. I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of want it to be true just to see what a Gears Battle Royale game would be. But at the same time, it's like, this has got to be... I mean, you remember Polygon? They were the ones who were like, Microsoft is buying not only EA and not only PUBG, but they're also buying Valve. You remember? And they're buying Google and Amazon. Yeah, and like, they're buying everything. So there, there, there's, there's like credibility to rumors and stuff, and then they're just <laughs> making shit up. You know what I mean? Are they, are they, is this one of those things where they literally heard from somebody that potentially there's a Gears of War Battle Royale game? Or is this like them just fucking shitting out ideas and just being like that one smells good it'll bring in the clicks let's well, talk about a gears of war battle royale title <laughs> i'm sure it's just the case of polygon heard microsoft would like to buy those companies and they just sort of decided oh that means they will buy those companies i mean i'm sure microsoft would love to buy ea and have a favorable deal for ea one that like you know was really cheap and didn't cost them much money because it yeah it would totally fit their business model and they could just slip they could merge yeah access and game pass and it'd be hunky dory you know but at the same time microsoft doesn't have that kind of cash well it does but xbox does not have that kind of cash and um i it's just ridiculous can you imagine if it's true it's, I, I, we've, we've been here before Rand. it's not true <laughs> but can you imagine if it was true? No, no, it's not true. But can you imagine? Could you imagine? But you always <laughs> said you, you know, it's got it's a game that's got chainsaws. You love it, you, dude. You know, I, I think like, I mean, they could totally do it. I mean, there's no reason they couldn't do it. I mean, it's the engine supports that. They've got the cloud infrastructure to do it and all that sort of stuff. They'd have to change the way Gears feels. They'd have to make it a little bit more fast-paced and all that sort of stuff, but there's no reason they couldn't do it, and it'd probably sell. So who the hell knows, man? All I know is I want my Gears of War XCOM game. That's what I want. I'm probably the only person who actually does want that, but I want it. Well, I mean, why do you want it? Because I like XCOM, and I like Gears, and I like XCOM Gears. I don't know. I just, I just like the idea of it. Call mm. me crazy. You're crazy, Jez. You're absolutely in 
insane. Have you played XCOM? Yeah, I played XCOM. XCOM is fun. Why don't uh, you want I, XCOM Gears then? Uh, I mean, I, it'd be awesome. I I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where I'm not like in love with XCOM, and I'm not even really in love with like something like like an RTS. And it's one of those things where it's like, do people really? I don't know. Like, I don't really want an XCOM Gears of War. Even if it was true, like I would rather have a different type of of genre. Not saying that it couldn't be great because it could be great, but then I also look at the rumored developer and I'm like, eh, splash damage. I don't really have a lot of faith in them to make an outstanding game. You know what I mean? That's like one of the problems I have with Microsoft overall, right? Is their reliance on these mediocre developers to create new IP for them? Instead of using the talent they have at their first party. And the talent they have at their first party is basically locked to a desk making Halo Gears and Forza. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, ReCore. ReCore, in in the hands of maybe a different developer or a better developer, is probably a really good title. But nobody had heard of Armature Studios, right? And maybe some of it has to do with the budget. Undead Lab seems like a a nice develop developmental studio, but maybe they could have done more with more money. Who knows? But it's like Sumo, Sumo Digital to make Crackdown Three. Like, like what? Who? Is that really a good decision? Like Splash Damage? Like uh, Splash Damage made Gear uh, Judgment, right? Uh, no, Gears Judgment. Judgment. Gears Judgment was made by People Can Fly. Oh yeah, that's right. So I'm just saying, like, what is Splash Damage made? made Brink Two. Oh, um, they, you know, they've mostly been contract devs and stuff A- after bring Two failed. They really haven't, they really haven't done much. That's what I'm saying. Like the choice of the studio matters a lot because, you know, it's, it's about the, the personnel there. And there are reasons why like these studios are independent or maybe not, not thought of very high, highly. And, I mean, I know Splash Damage worked on the multiplayer for Gears 4, but it was under direct, you know, it was under, like, direct uh, control or observation from the Coalition. I mean, I just... Couldn't couldn't this one be under direct observation, too? I mean, maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, like, but if it's not a Gears game and it's an XCOM game and just a Gears clone, I mean, how much, you know, direct control do they really have there if they're... I don't. I'm just saying. I would be. I would be like much more interested if it was the coalition making something like that, rather than a, a studio out, out there. Uh, you know who, who, in my opinion, keep in mind, doesn't really have the best track record. You know, yeah. and that's the kind of thing I see with with Microsoft and some of their choices of some of the developers. Maybe it comes down to budget. Maybe it's like we want this game. We don't want to spend a lot. We'll send, you know, splash damage is cheap, sumo's cheap. You know what I'm saying? But um, it go, it goes back to what we were saying about Game Pass, wasn't it? That if like these sort of quote unquote buggy, mediocre experiences can find success because of Game Pass, what impetus does Microsoft really have to make big AAA games anymore? Yeah. Well, but Predator H two O, shout out to you, buddy. Thanks for the uh, super chat. He goes, he goes to say, do you think Microsoft is afraid to put money behind these studios because how they were milked by Lionhead and Platinum? Um, mm. what do you think, Jez? Because I, I think 
I think the Scalebound cancellation and the Fable Legends stuff, combined with the directive to not invest in games, really, you know, like, I think that had an effect. I think State of Decay 2 was supposed to be a bigger game, but I think when the budget cuts came down, it clearly got affected. Um, Possibly. I, I don't know. I don't think they're afraid to put the money behind it. I think they just weren't able to at that time. Like, I think right now, like, if if Microsoft had, and if Phil was in the position he is now, I don't think Scalebound gets canceled. If, if Game Pass existed when those games came, like Fable Legends and, 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 and Scalebound were around and, 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 you know, the beginning of 2017, I don't think these games get canceled. What do you think, Jez? If like the situation we're in right now and they're in right now, if that was if would would we still see those games being canceled? It's hard to say. I mean, I heard something interesting recently that um, a developer who was looking to uh, ship uh, they were looking for a publisher at GDC, and a Microsoft's publishing team basically said to them, "We're not looking for more second party deals right now because we're still undergoing restructuring." Oh, I, it's, it's interesting. There, there are still, there's still things shifting at Microsoft. I mean, I don't know if you saw yesterday, but kudos Sonoda's team got completely disbanded yesterday. Oh yeah. Laura Laura Lollipop, who's a HoloLens uh, game and app executive, um, worked at Microsoft for 11 years. She got fired. So like Microsoft are seriously, you know, nobody's safe right now they're 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 pivoting you know they're moving slowly and we in the in the in the microsoft blogosphere they always talk about how like getting microsoft to turn around as as this sort of huge lumbering beast that it is it can often be really hard because of how how many people how many teams there are and stuff like that microsoft is like downsizing a lot to try and uh, make them a bit more nimble in a world where Chrome sort of exploded out of nowhere and destroyed Internet Explorer and Microsoft Edge. Discord exploded out of nowhere and destroyed Skype because, um, you know, and it was because, like, Microsoft is slow to react because of how big the company is. And um, all these all these smaller companies are, are far more nimble. They're able to just sort of, you know, work on making great features where Microsoft have to go through these all these processes to make things compatible with the rest of their cloud and all these other systems and you know get approval from all these sort of weird management hierarchies and stuff like that. So it really does feel like Microsoft's trying to streamline everything right now. And um I that's why that's why I've written before that I feel like we're gonna see the real fruits of this reorg next year rather than this year because two years it's uh, you think two years? Mm-hmm. I think two years. Well, I think we'll start to see a more definitive roadmap next year. I don't think we're going to see. Oh, I agree. I, I okay. Yeah, we yeah, won't. We won't get the fruits. We'll see the fruits yeah. next year. I, I we'll kind of agree with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, like, who, like here's the thing. Uh, well, let me just address the super chat really first. Gamer M, we appreciate the support. He says, please explain Greenberg's tweet about Cacton 3 de- cancellation of the delay is what everyone is asking about in spring 2018 and soon, so that's a delay by default. Uh, Greenberg's job is to put everything in a positive light for Xbox. Uh, tweeting out a Crackdown 3 cancellation wouldn't, or at least answering that, it wouldn't put it in a right 
Because he'd be lying, especially if it was getting delayed. And they probably want to give us the information in a way that they can control. Uh, but yeah, I mean, spring. they did say spring, and spring ends on June 21st. So unless the game comes out by, by then, yeah, it got, it's got a delay. But um, like the whole like kudos team getting all like kind of moved around or fired and Laura Lollipop leaving and things like that. Like, you know, then you said that was because of the HoloLens and the, the what else? Like the VR or, or mixed reality thing. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the mixed reality teams and well, HoloLens app I teams mean, seems to be gone now. There's no future in that. There was no future in that. I could have told you this was like, n- nobody really even cares about VR right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, HoloLens was never going to do anything. And I think Mike, I think Microsoft finally realized that and it was just like, cut, you know, cut, cut our losses on it. I yeah, mean, they're still, they're still, Alex Kipman's still there. So I don't know. Uh, and Laura was, wasn't even working on, wasn't even working on games. She was working on business apps for HoloLens. She made, um, she made an app called Layout where you could sort of, um, you could uh, plan your factory floor by using virtual reality. So like you have like, you wear the HoloLens and you can, you can place like virtual machines, uh, like literally machines, not virtual machines like servers, like literal machines as holograms on, on, on your floor plan and sort of work out where you want to keep everything and stuff. And uh, that was a business app. So you think that'd be like the perfect kind of app for HoloLens, but um, apparently no good for Microsoft. So, it's uh, it's a shame because uh, she's she seemed really cool. So I don't know, man. I, I these days, I, back in the Windows eight days, man, I I really felt like I understood what Microsoft were doing and I understood the, what their plan was. Everything seemed to make sense, blah blah. blah. But the thing is, they they seem to try and strategy now. Every few months, it feels like, and um, I don't have a clue what they're beyond the obvious beyond the obvious stuff like cloud streaming for games and stuff like that i don't know what the long-term play is here i don't know and it's um it's annoying i don't like not knowing rand can you get a job at microsoft and then leak me everything well i mean the long-term plan i mean the long-term plan is clearly xbox or what they would refer to xbox everywhere i mean they've been pretty uh, like upfront about that phil's talked about that you know the creation of the cloud gaming division with the goal of reaching two billion people i mean it's it's there what's important is 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 that that focus and and you know games like miami street which is a joke by the way or saying that it's important but this kind of signals microsoft re-emergence into the mobile market potentially yeah, uh, because that's where, like, look. I think Microsoft's plan is like literally: you're a gamer. Where do you game? If it's on mobile, we're going to try to get you, and we're going to try to be there. Is it on console? We're going to try to get you too, and we're going to be there. Are you on PC? Well, we have a plan to get you there. They they don't. I think it's like they don't care where you're at. They they just want to reach you. Yes. Um, whether that's through their own like titles, uh, you know, like on Xbox with like Sea of Thieves and put all that stuff in Game Pass, whether it's maybe new experiences they're building for mobile and PC and things like that. Like their goal is that. And I think they've been pretty upfront about it. I just don't think people want to like 
I just don't think people like are they don't want to see it. You know, they don't want to see Xbox like be everywhere because there's that tribe mentality of like I can only get it here and we're, I'm part of a group. You know, like yeah. uh I don't know. I mean the whole like Miami Street jazz, like what what the fuck is Miami Street? Why does it even exist? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it only makes sense. It only makes sense as if like, well, they're trying to reach a different audience that, you know, like somewhere else in, in line with their, um, I don't think they're even trying to reach gamers with that. I think I am convinced Miami street is, is purely to show the game to devs and, and be like, look, this is what you'll be able to do with our cloud. This is what you'll be able to do with windows core OS, which is the next version of windows. Um, which supports folding devices and stuff. And we had rumors last week that it's not only Microsoft working on folding tablets, but also Dell and possibly HP and a bunch of other companies as well. So this is Miami Street is the first hint of a wider re-entry into the mobile market. And did you notice, you probably didn't notice, but Google removed the tablet section from their Android website recently because Android tablets are just like, nobody wants them so like um microsoft obviously sees some kind of opportunity where that can be like well we'll have we'll have devices that can be tablets phones and mini game consoles at the same time you know and hopefully that's where they'll position that's where dell and all those oems will position those sort of pocket pcs because that's what they are basically they're going to be pocket pcs powered by arm processors which they're no slouch in the graphics department these days. You know, you can get pretty good graphics on mobile games nowadays. I mean, Fortnite runs on them and stuff like that. So, but that doesn't really matter for Xbox. And I think, like you say, a lot of people worry that with all this focus on elsewhere, the sort of traditional Xbox is a console thing sort of gets lost yeah. to some yeah, degree in all this. The identity, yeah. It's like the whole the whole idea of Xbox becoming a service, which is what it's going to become. It's going to become Xbox as a service, and it's like it's like Tencent. You know, we talk about Tencent on this podcast sometimes because they're a massive, massive, massive company. But you never really hear about them. They're bigger than EA, but you never really hear about them. They power some of the world's biggest games, like League of Legends and, and you know, all these mobile games in China and stuff. And uh, they've got a big stake in Fortnite. They just bought a, a controlling share in Path of Exile, the Path of Exile developer and all that sort of stuff. Microsoft wants to be more like them. They want to be, but it's kind of like, where does that leave Xbox? Will Xbox fade, in, fade out into the background like Tencent? as a brand has faded out into the background or Microsoft just be like this service that powers these experiences. You know, it's, um, there's a huge opportunity for Microsoft there to make Xbox, you know, much, much bigger than what it can be as just a console. But at the same time, it's also kind of a shame if that's like, they're sort of leaving behind that, that identity that, you know, I grew up with and you grew up with and a lot of other gamers grew up with. I think that's, um, you know, I just hope they bring everyone, bring the rest of us along for the ride, I guess. That's the way I see it. Well, I hope, I, I hope that they, I mean, I, I know they realize this and they, like, I just hope they reinvest uh, into quality exclusives to put in the Game Pass. Because I, I think Game Pass is extremely important to Microsoft. 
and uh, like to get to get people on other platforms, like to even be interested in your stuff, you you need an experience that it is number one, like only available there. Number two is good. So like for yeah. all this to work, you got to have things people covet. People like people covet God of War. People covet Last of Us. People covet um, Legend of Zelda. And to only get those experiences, you have to buy into the platform. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I'm not really sure people covet Sea of Thieves or State of Decay, even if they are okay games. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, Microsoft needs to create the title uh, that people on other platforms and people everywhere, like, really look at and are like, this is something, like, I, I want this. I need this. Well, that's 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 the big hope here is that Microsoft hopefully will realize that in in order to have a compelling cloud, they need to have compelling services that are exclusive, like Tencent and and all that stuff. They those games aren't ex- aren't platform exclusive, but they're part of Tencent's portfolio and stuff like that. If Microsoft wants people to subscribe to their service, then they'll need you know to have exclusive exclusive um games that are compelling to and exclusive to that service but right now like you say they don't have that but hopefully this will make it more clear than anything else in microsoft's history that exclusives are going to be critical to this sort of ambition so um it you know remains to be seen do they buy up other studios do they buy up other games and and other franchises that are already existent and stuff kind of like what tencent does you know mm-hmm. but it, at the same time it's kind of like well they didn't manage to buy PUBG, which you would have thought would have been the obvious thing to get but yeah i don't know i'm gonna ask you a question jez because i was asked this uh the other day on a different podcast does uh like all the leaks the Walmart Canada stuff leaking all those games, the Assassin's Creed Odyssey getting leaked through a keychain and all that stuff. Uh, do do leaks impact your enjoyment of E3 in any way? No, this is part of my job. I haven't really experienced the true E3 for a long time now. Like I know I I got things under embargo, which is kind of a person like a leak to me and stuff like that. Like I just um. No. I mean, back in the day, even then, not really. There's, there's always going to be loads of surprises and stuff to take in. And also, like, maybe, like, if a game leaks, like, you know, if we get, like, a, if we get, like, a Gears of War XCOM keychain, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that now. And then I'll look forward to seeing what the real thing looks like. You know? so, right. I don't know. I mean, like... How do you feel about I know some people get really upset about that. Well, yeah, like some of my friends get really upset, like really upset. So I always got to make sure, like, I don't really talk about that stuff. Um, I like for me, it's a, it's a, I liken it to um, the journey. It's, it's the journey, not the destination, right? Um, Whereas, like, just knowing that a title, like, knowing, say, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is is going to be there, doesn't like ma- like matter like okay i know it's there what matters is the trailer what matters is the gameplay and that's not going to leak 
and sure, okay, if that did leak, then yeah, that would ruin some enjoyment of it, of seeing like a trailer beforehand. Yes, but, but like then just, you don't have to watch it. Well, you, well, that is true. That's your own choice. But some people see the information as a detriment. Like if I went to my buddies and I'm like, "This is going to be there. This is going to be there. This is going to be there, and this is going to be there," they're going to be uh, greatly upset because the I, just knowing what's what's there, you know, like ruins it for them. Whereas Knowing what's there doesn't ruin for me because what I'm interested in seeing is what's not going to be leaked. And that's like what the game is. And, and, uh, you know, like I I mentioned this before, like it's like the Snape killed Dumbledore thing. I, I was spoiled on that before I read that Harry Potter book, right? That Snape killed Dumbledore. And I didn't really, even though it's spoiler, even though people like hate that it was always, I didn't really consider that much to be a spoiler and it didn't ruin my enjoyment of the book because you don't know the context behind the situation. You don't know why it happens. You don't know the scene and how it's set up. You don't know how it plays out. All you know is the finality, the destination. Snape kills Dumbledore. But you don't know the journey. I'm just saying you don't know the journey. You don't know the why, the when, the how, like all that stuff. And if that was spoiled for me, sure, then you know, then I would be upset. But that's what that's what I mean by the difference between the destination and the journey. Um, so the, I don't know, like big, huge surprises. They are like they have their own value. Like, like say for example, if if I was like living in the eighties and someone had spoiled Empire Strikes Back for me, you know, I would have been. Absolutely livid. I would never have spoken to that person again, ever, in my life, because that's super mean. Because that the plot twist in Empire Strikes Back is, it's you know, it's iconic. It's like the ultimate spoiler. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, for that one, sure. But I don't know. I've just, I but maybe it's just my three leaks just aren't a big of a deal. I mean, can you can you think back to your most epic E3 surprise that really made you like, oh my god! What was it? I mean, w- when people say that, the first thing comes to my mind was watching, and I forget what year it was. Uh, it was Don Matrick was on stage, and he was about to close the show, and somebody walked up behind him and tapped him on the shoulder. And it was like the president of Square Enix. And he rolled a trailer for Final Fantasy XIII. Um, and I remember at the time... <laughs> well, okay, but at the time, back then, Final Fantasy XIII was one of the most hyped games out there. Right? It was, it was exclusive to PlayStation 3 at the time. And I was a gigantic Final Fantasy fan. And it was also something that didn't leak per se. And I remember sitting there like dumbstruck, awestruck. I'm like, holy fucking shit. And I mean, regardless of how Final Fantasy 13 actually turned out, which was okay, it wasn't great or anything. Like mm-hmm. that moment always, set, like that's the one I always think back on of being this surprise. Uh, and, and then the reaction later on, like, PS3 fans threw a hissy fit, right? Because it was the one <laughs> game that they always could put over Xbox fans. Like, well, it doesn't really matter that you have Gears of War and this stuff. We have Final Fucking Fantasy, right? 
and then to see like those people melt down and <laughs> break because of that was added on to like the the moment for me <laughs> wow you're mean i'm just saying like the, that was the last time like i i was probably truly surprised and it's because i was anticipating it like it was a game that i wanted to play it was a game that i was literally going to get a playstation 4 and then all of a sudden i didn't have to get a playstation my favorite franchise was on the xbox it was something that never was nobody ever said it could happen and then it did happen and i can't think of one since like even if you would say what's the best announcement microsoft had this entire gen that was my next question a lot of people would say backwards compatibility for the xbox and I still and I I rewatched the other day the, the that that conference the 2015 conference, and the amount of applause and people you know screaming at that announcement was greater than any other game that Microsoft has showed off this entire generation. Yeah. And while I while originally I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. I didn't re- I don't really care about backwards compatibility. So like to me, it's just like while it was a nice wow moment for a lot of people. I have no interest in it, so you know what I mean. And I, okay, what about you? What is the biggest announcement, Mike? Like the one surprise? Then what, what do you? What would you think it is? Or for you? Honestly, for me, it was. Um, and this again, it's the first thing that comes to mind. It was when the Killer Instinct music kicked in. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I was, I was, I was watching E3 with a friend, and this is before I was a blogger. I think this was actually the last E3 that I watched as a just you know regular regular fan and not not press or anything but i was watching it with my friend and we were like screaming (laughs) on skype like oh my god it's killer instinct because you know nostalgia and you know just that music and everything it was perfectly done and uh, i had no expectation for that game to be announced at all i don't know if it was leaked or anything like that but i wasn't really paying attention to any leaks or or game news or anything like that back then so I was just out of my mind excited for that. And uh, I haven't really felt that way since, I guess, like you. I really liked backwards compatibility as well. But it's it, at the same time, it was kind of like, um, you know, it's not as big as a surprise game announcement, which I don't think Microsoft really, really had. You know, a lot of the games they announced are just kind of like, huh, I'm sure that would be good. I'm interested in that game, but it's never like, oh my god, hype mode engaged, you know, like like I felt with Killer Instinct. But again, that's like a very very subjective thing because I know not everyone's a huge fan of Killer Instinct. No, but, um, but I uh, no, I, I remember watching the Killer Instinct thing and being like, huh, they're bringing Killer Instinct back. That's kind of cool. And even last year, when I when I'm thinking of uh the stuff they showed last year, the one that really maybe got the biggest reaction out of me was when they showed metro exodus yeah. which is a third-party game but at the time like i didn't think it was going to be there like nobody had mentioned metro exodus being there and then it was it was showcased really early on and it looked freaking amazing yeah. you know granted maybe it wasn't a true gameplay trailer in the sense like the new battlefield 5 trailer that came out clearly is like a fake gameplay thing but just like seeing metro on screen again and being like oh this was kind of a surprise you know, um, that's like, I don't know, what, what, what's your favorite one from last year then? Because, I mean, Ori, like, Ori 2 probably would have been for, like, it, but, like, I, I kind of, like, knew the game was coming. 
otherwise, you know what I mean? Like, cause it was kind of, it, it kind of leaked out there before. Uh, you know, I'll be completely honest. I don't remember that shit. That um, I was there, right? Well, that was the, that was the Xbox one X. I, I don't know, man, nothing really. I mean, I, I expected Ori. I knew it was going to be good, so no surprise there. I don't know, man. I suppose State of Decay 2 seemed more of that. But even then, like, I had the BCD, and then I was disappointed. Because <laughs> it just looked like, oh, no, they're doing another double-A game. So I even wrote about that last year. So I don't know. I mean, I was excited for... um. Uh, I was excited for Xbox One X, but again, there was nothing really up there like Killer Instinct was for me, and I'm not expecting there to be anything up there like Killer Instinct this year either. But who knows, man? I mean, Microsoft have the, this capability to just completely surprise you, you know. And the things that might excite me might not necessarily excite someone else, and vice versa. Like, for example, if they demonstrate cloud streaming to a mobile device. I will absolutely love that. But I know most gamers won't give a damn. But for me, that's that's really exciting technology. I like I like the technology stuff. I like a lot of the platform stuff they do. So I'm really intrigued to see what Kareem's team's been up to. And uh that's I've got more interest in the cloud stuff than the games this year, I think. I don't know, man. I don't really think gamers really care about the cloud streaming stuff. So like no, they don't. I know what you're saying. Casual market with that. Well, yeah, but even but the casual market's not going to be watching E3. So, like, even though I know the cloud stuff's important and they probably want to show it off, I don't think E3 is the best moment to show that off on a press stage because the, the audience watching it's not going to care and the, the audience that does care doesn't watch it. Unless it would be strictly for developers. Like, here's this, like, well, five... You have to remember, E3 is a... Tra- well, it's evolved into more of a fan thing. Yeah, but, but I mean, there's, there's it's supposed better. to be a trade show. There, there are people, there are investors watching that too. True, true. Investors but at the same time, there's better a better there's a better showcase to show off that tech. It's like Dice or GDC, but technically GDC uh, to show off something like that. So, you know what I mean? Like that. That's why. Like, even though it's nah, probably going to happen, if like, they want, they want that to have a big, big. They want that to make a splash. They want consumers to be aware of it and all that sort of stuff i think like they they have to show it off at e3 even less people watch consumers aren't watching ddc and and anyway the the idea is that you know it'll be seamless because like theoretically they'll be able to get the xbox one controller bluetooth stack onto uh the different mobile platforms and stuff like that and they'll just work you know the devs won't have to make touch controls or anything like that you know and the little birdie has told me that there might be, you know, special controllers for uh, docking your mobile phone for playing Xbox games on your phone. I've heard, maybe, possibly. So, you know. Jeez, that, that'll go over well. I don't know if they're going to show that at E3. I've just heard it's being made, possibly. Doc Wiz 2 says, Jazz doesn't know anything. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, again, this is what I've heard. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I mean, if you want concrete stuff, don't listen to this show because, you know. Don't even listen to the show. Yeah. You know, even if you if you want good opinions, don't listen to the show. 
<laughs> Why does anybody listen to this show? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Why, why, why are you here? If you if you don't want to hear rumors, you know, I'm not uh, making this shit up. Yeah, I'm well, not craving. You're not Marcus Sellers. No, you know, I'm not like, creative enough. Making stuff up. Um, I don't get. I, I mean, I do this podcast for fun. I have, there's no benefit for me in, in this whatsoever, and there's no reason for me to make anything up. So I just telling you what I've heard, man. Don't like it? Don't listen. I right. don't care. That's right. Um. Well, you want to uh, you want to take some questions? Sure, man. Sure. Uh, hit us up with your questions, and we will do our best to answer them. Uh, and uh, we will try to answer it. Um, Face wants to know, Random Jazz, with Fortnite and H1Z1 on PS4, should PUBG stay on Xbox? Is it too late to release on PlayStation 4? Um, no, it should should release on PlayStation there's yeah. there, there there I mean there's there's going to be people there that would buy PUBG. Regard maybe it's not a, as big as a, a market as they once thought with H1Z1 and 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 Fortnite being on there and Call of Duty on there but there's still an audience there that would buy the game unless like PUBG felt they could get a better deal from Microsoft to stay exclusive then they would make up in lost sales on the PlayStation, right? Hmm. Um if they felt like you know Microsoft offered them a check to stay exclusive, and that check was worth more than you know estimated sales they got on PlayStation, then maybe they they stay. But I'm not even sure Microsoft would even want that anymore. That kind of would seem like wasted money because I think PUBG's done uh, just about enough for them as it ever will. And in fact, we've all noticed it because we play it every day. The uh, wait times to get in matches have dr- have dramatically increased. It used to be instantaneous, and now you usually look at a good forty seconds before you get into a game, before it matches you. And I don't, I don't know if that has something to do with, with the map, like with with Miramar being added, which I, I, I can't imagine it does. But I think, I think the player base not only on PC is dwindling, but I think the player base on Xbox is is, is dwindling as well. I'm not saying you can't find a game because you can. And it's within like 30 seconds or so, 45 to 30 seconds. But there is a stark contrast uh, from before, months ago, where it was like you search and you're immediately in a game. And now you search and you're usually waiting 30 seconds or so. So, um, yeah. What do you think, Jez? Yeah, I'm like you, man. I think they'll they'll easily find a market on PlayStation. But again, it's it's kind of like... We don't know what the, the the deal is in real terms with um what the de- what the deal is in real terms with um what what the deal looks like with Xbox. What does that deal look like? We don't know. And um, so I mean, there, there probably will come a time where, it, depending on how long that exclusivity period is, there probably will be a time where it's just completely not worth it anymore. But this isn't like the old days. Pour in between the consoles isn't as convoluted as it used to be and um it gets easier as well over time so um in theory there's nothing really stopping it from hitting a playstation eventually i think it will i think it will come to playstation eventually yeah uh eternal should hits hit us up with the super chat appreciate it he says random jazz do you think by any chance that we will see a cheaper version of hololens sync with xbox one x and be compatible with all the games 4k 60 frames 
Uh, no. no, I don't think Holland. <laughs> I don't think Collins ever comes out. Especially, I don't. I, I think Collins is just kind of a. It won't come out for gaming market if it comes out at all. Yeah, I don't think consumers will ever get their hands on Hololens. I think it's like, I mean, I don't know at the end of the day, but I think I think the the, the big barrier to VR is wearing something on your face. I mean, even if they shrunk that thing down to just regular glasses, it doesn't do anything particularly better than the laptop does anyway. It's just a kind of cool experience, but then it's kind of once you've experienced it once, and I, I've had a Hololens, I've owned one. Well, you know, I, lo- I loaned one from our company uh, for a little while, and um, I, I had it for months, and I used it like a couple of times, and it was like, wow, this is incredible, this is amazing, and it was like, oh, I don't really like wearing something on my head. I'm never going to use this again, and it's like the same thing with my um, because I've got a Windows Mixed Reality headset as well. I played a bunch of Steam VR games. I was like, "Yeah, Steam VR is cool." I played uh, Arizona Sunshine, I believe it's called, and I played Super Hot VR, which was really, really cool. But I never finished it. And like, when I think about playing it, it's kind of like, man, I just don't want to wear something on my face. I just mm. don't like it. I got all these games on my 4K TV. Why would I bother? wearing something on my face it's a big ask and it's a subtle it's a subtle thing you know i think you have to really really like vr to to want it and i I think the masses don't give a crap Mm -hmm. you know so it's not convenient so jay venue has a question he wants to know why xbox did not do a halo arcade like house of the dead with plastic gun would this make a good connect game um I mean, maybe it would have made a good Connect game back during the 360 era, uh, but Connect is dead, uh, so there's no reason to make a Connect game, especially one of Halo. Um, what do you, I mean? That's pretty much it, right? Like, it, yeah. I mean, if you think about that other Halo arcade game, it Microsoft didn't make it. They gave the assets to this arcade game company, and they made it. So and there there is rumors of a Halo VR game for Windows Mixed Reality, but now that Kudos Sonoda's team's been disbanded, it makes me wonder if this was just a whole big waste of time, and maybe that's like those resources now are going to be put back on Xbox, uh, you know, making mainline Halo games instead of going for this pie in the sky thing that just it's never going to catch on. I I just I have no faith in VR whatsoever. I I don't care how good the tech gets. People don't want to wear something on their face. Enough said. Um, OBJ, shout out to OBJ. He wants to know: Do you think? Do you think the next Gears of War game will be a, a real-time strategy game? If so, I will vomit. Um, I don't. I think Gears of War Five will be a traditional Gears game, uh, with you know a campaign, a multiplayer, and horde. I think the spinoff. I don't see it. I don't. I don't know what people really consider. Like, is XCOM considered a real-time strategy game? Because when I think of real-time strategy, I think of stuff like StarCraft, uh, WarCraft. Um, yeah, that that's like real-time War. strategy. So XCOM is real-time strategy, but just on a smaller. No, scale. no, no, no. X XCOM XCOM is not real-time strategy. Real-time strategy means it plays out in real time. You know, and XCOM is turn-based. So mm-hmm. a, re- a real-time strategy game would be like Halo Wars. Yeah, so if that yeah, so I don't I don't think the next Gears of War is a real time strategy game, as f- 
for it being good, who knows? And if for even being real, who knows? We'll find out in uh, eight days, I guess. Um, let's see. Shane wants to know, PS4 Pro or PS5? Hold off at this point or purchase. I already have a base PS4. Ah, good question. I would, if you already have a base PS4, unless you, unless you can get a Pro for super cheap, I would just wait for the 5 uh, at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, because... You're probably gonna see two years left before five comes out, anyways. So unless you're cool with spending, you know, well, I mean, I guess it depends on how much. I guess this really comes down to how much you can get a pro for. You could trade in your base PS4 and get a, you know, or your base PS4 and get a and get the pro for cheap. Then it might be worth it. Well, the question is, do you have a 4K TV? Because if you don't, then then no. If you do, then I would maybe consider it depending on the price you can get it at. Uh, that that's that's what I think. Uh, Multitude wants to know if uh, the ch- if the chance they will revive Phantom Dust as an exclusive for Xbox. Uh, no. Um, I don't know what Jess. What do you think, Jess? Phantom Dust getting revived? <sighs> I don't know. They probably looked at how well the reboot did as a free to play game, and uh, I can't imagine it did that well. So. I don't know, man. Or maybe they're handed off to a third-party dev or something like that. I don't know. I can't see. I can't see it coming back. I mean, it was sort of like a passion project more than anything at the time. I think. Yeah. Ryan Landis wants to know how much focus will be on added backwards compatibility titles at E3, and should Xbox keep PC time to a minimum? Um, they usually do, and all the heavy all the heavy hitters are there pretty much now. I think the only games that are left are games with complex licensing issues, uh, you know, figuring out who owns the rights to what music and that sort of stuff, and and so, even things like sound effects. Uh, ha- those are problems as well. Um, it comes down to that, I think. Uh, most of the heavy hitters are there. I don't. I can't see a huge amount of time dedicated to backwards compatibility unless it's like the old school. Yeah, I mean, like they 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 dedicated some time originally to the announcement in 2015, and then they they brought it up again last year because they were reintroducing like the OG Xbox back and pat. But I just can't see them dedicating a segment to it, uh, considering every it's a known quantity at this point. So if they do talk about it, it's like outside the press conference and interviews and things like that. And maybe a video or something on inside Xbox or something. I don't think, I don't think, you know, the, I don't think they'll, they'll, cause what are they, what are they going to show? I mean, if, they've already talked about it in 2015 and last year. I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine them also showing off new original Xbox titles. Um, it's just, it'll be something that's like, say for like after the show. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, the Gruntmaster wants to know, Rand, do you think Microsoft won't let Halo and Gears end so the studios can make new games? Um, well, I think the the they won't let Halo and Gears end because it makes them too much money. I mean, Gears, they spent, I think it was half a billion dollars on getting in the IP, right, Jez? I have no idea. It was, it was a lot of money. And... Uh, they bought it because they want to be able to make Gears games for a long time. Uh, hell, they even changed the studio's name to the Coalition. Same thing with Halo. Halo is, well, outside of Minecraft, uh, the biggest game that Microsoft Studios has. So, I don't think they're ever going to... I don't think at any point are they going to end Halo. They might end Master Chief's story at some point. 
No. Which I don't know how the fan base will react to that, but I don't think they come out ever one day and be like, by the way, guys, this is the last Halo we're ever making. This is it. This is, this is the end of the road. But I do think at some point they'll be like, this is it for Master Chief. And maybe they, maybe we already saw glimpses of that with Locke being in Halo 5. They probably were already thinking post-Chief, but nobody gave a shit about Agent Locke because he was a boring character. So maybe they go back to the drawing board. I would just... I just want to see a different take on Halo. And I would love to see the Coalition do the different take on Halo. I still want my Halo game. I still want my Master Chief game. I still want my Halo multiplayer. But I also want to see uh, a Halo game in the Halo universe that is uh, different. That's not necessarily a first-person shooter. Um, I know people didn't really respond well to Halo Wars 2. Like, it didn't really like the industry on fire. It was just sort of like, eh. You know, most people just sort of ignored it and stuff like that. But I had a lot of fun playing Halo Wars 2, especially the um, the DLC mode they released, the uh, the uh, Terminus Firefight mode where you have to fight black back waves and waves of flood as you build up your base and stuff like that. Kind of like um, State of Decay and Frostpunk. I just like those kind of games. Right? <laughs> but um, I, I agree with you. I'd like to see these games branch out into other sort of genres and Maybe even the mainline series branch out into other genres, like hybridize a bit, like with how Assassin's Creed found new, you know, they broke new ground, uh, you know, going deeper in on the RPG aspects. And uh, apparently, Assassin's the rumor is Assassin's Creed or- uh, Odyssey um, that has like a branching narrative, like The Witcher, and they've gone even they've gone even more after RPG elements there. And I'm not saying I want to see Gears of War, the RPG, but it'd be nice to see it sort of have a grander vision than a linear corridor shooter with chest-high walls. It's so on rails. It feels very... The, the gameplay feels dated now. You know, I'd like to see that evolve a bit. So. All right, so last question we got here. Uh, Rhythmless wants to know, what game would you love a sequel for, but you know is never coming out? Mine is War of the Monsters. What? His is Wars of the Monsters, a game he wants a sequel for, but never will happen. War of the Monsters? I don't even know that game. I remember that game. What is yours, Jazz? Because this kind of goes to like, I I did a video about this, about like what I would love to see at E3, right? Uh, Quantum Break. Quantum Break. Quantum Quantum out of everything. Yours is Quantum Break 2? Well, out of everything in the whole world, or I just mean, yeah, every, needed the Xbox wasn't oh, okay. specified. I Mass mean, it Effect was, then. So what? A Mass oh. Effect Five? Yeah, I want bloody yeah, I do. I want more Mass Effect. I don't like it being on hiatus. I don't mm-hmm. care that Andromeda was bad. EA should. We shouldn't. I'd rather get Mass Effect Five than Anthem, personally. Down with Anthem. Down with Anthem. But I appreciate that the devs maybe wanted to do something new, but it's so... The way that nearly iconic franchise was ended so unceremoniously with this sort of broken, unfinished game really, really sits poorly with me. So I'd love to see them bring Mass Effect back. You know, like, like Ubisoft didn't give up on Assassin's Creed with Unity. They released a good game with Syndicate, and then they they were like, okay, we need to go back and rethink this a bit in in bit in more depth. And they came back and released Origins, which is arguably the best in the series. So why can't they do that with Mass Effect? You know, 
that's I I think we'll, we I think we will get a, a sequel to Mass Effect one day, but it's gonna be a long time. I don't know. But games that I think we'll never definitely get a sequel for are probably things like Silent Hill. You know, more Metal Gear Solid. We'll never get a real Metal Gear Solid again, and Survive does not count ever. Yeah. Um, that doesn't count. Yeah. And quite honestly, Quantum Break and Alan Wake, you know. Well, yeah, you took one from me. I, Alan Wake 2 is a game that I would love. Uh, also, I mean, the big one, the elephant in the room, the one that has been teased forever. And there, there, it's like two Valve properties, but Portal 3 and Half-Life 3. I mean, Half-Life 3 is like, like the ultimate, right? Yeah. Again, I, I didn't know, even think that because it's like the obvious one. Yeah, it's the game that everybody wants. It's one of the most iconic franchises in gaming, and Valve just doesn't want to make it. And Portal, Portal's amazing. And Portal 2 is like one of the best games of last gen. And the fact that we don't have a Portal 3 is disgusting. You know what I mean? Um, I guess we got one more question to answer because Ravenflow just hit up the super chat. Thank you. He says, if EA screws up Anthem and decided to scrap Bioware, do you think Microsoft should buy Bioware and meld them with 343 or keep them as a separate studio? Well, Microsoft should have bought Bioware before EA did. That was a mistake on Microsoft's part for letting that studio slip through their fingers and basically taking Mass Effect away from them. When's the last time Microsoft bought a studio? Oh, right. Um, I mean, they bought a couple last gen, but smaller ones. Um, like they I bought the really lo- been doing that. They bought it the local. Like they bought the local cycle devs. Remember. Uh, they bought them, and they also bought uh, the press play devs, the ones that did Max and the Curse of Brotherhood, and the ones who were making like uh, that uh, the, the Deep Rock Galactic. Then they got rid of those. Um, I can't, I can't think of the last time they they bought a studio though. It just doesn't feel like it's in Microsoft's mo, but it's like it really should be. Oh, Mojang, <laughs> Mojang! Shout out to Predator. They bought they bought Minecraft. And they got Mojang, the developer, behind it. There you go. Um, That's true. That is true. So thanks for the question, guys. Thanks for all the super chats. Uh, really support. Uh, really thankful for all the support. And with that, we're going to end the show. This extra, or not extra, but this uh, rare holiday. Ho- I can't even speak. I don't know what is going on with me. I'm screwing up all my words. Am I having a stroke? It's because it's, it's Saturday. That's right. We're, we're, we're off, off killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's exactly that's what I'm gonna use. I, I'm just not on my game because it's Saturday, and normally I don't really make videos or do anything on Saturday besides play games. But uh, we appreciate you being here. If uh, you enjoyed the show, make sure you give it a thumbs up. If you hate the show, make sure you get a th- thumbs down. If you're new to the channel, first time here, make sure you hit that sub button. Make sure you follow Jez on Twitter. Jez, what do you got going on for the rest of the week? Um, I interviewed the uh, the C uh, the COO of Able Gamers last week about the Xbox Adaptive Controller. So, if you're interested in that sort of thing, um, the Xbox Adaptive Controller and, and accessibility issues in games, please check that out next week because it's for a good cause and all that sort of stuff. Um, other than that, it's just E3 prep, my dude. Um, E3 prep. Gonna be busy, busy couple of weeks. Also, I will be drinking heavy amounts of alcohol, probably. Yes, and uh, we will be. I think me and Jazz will do a reaction to the uh, Xbox show yes. on Saturday. Yes. Um, 
I don't know if Jazz will be joining me for a PlayStation one because he, he won't. He'll, it'll be too late for him. But yeah, look for one sometime after the show is over. Uh, we'll be reacting to it, and maybe we'll get more people to join. I don't know. Maybe we'll just be me and Jazz for a little bit, and then if people want, a couple people want to join to talk about it, maybe we'll do something like that. Um, we'll still we're still on for having a podcast the rest of the week, right? We might have one Wednesday or Thursday, maybe mm-hmm. Thursday. And then, uh, yeah, it's all E3 stuff. So thank you guys for watching here live on YouTube or if you're watching later, appreciate it. If you're watching this on iTunes or Google Play, uh, we appreciate you as well. Make sure everybody gives a thumbs up and write a rating and all that great stuff. And we'll see you uh, pretty soon, actually, Wednesday or Thursday. So uh, thanks for watching, and we'll see you guys later. Peace. Take care, everybody.